Welcome to podcast number 33 for Thanks for Your Service. Thanks for Your Service is a news and information resource and its focus is on historical topics relating to the Australian military. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Thanks for Your Service. Our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net. Jack Byrne was a Goulburn boy who joined the 2nd AIF and served in New Guinea. He suffered injuries and illness, which also led him going AWOL on occasions, which ultimately led to a dishonourable discharge. 21 years after his death, his daughter, Jenny Morell, applied for his service medals, only to find out he was not entitled to his third medal, the Australian Service Medal 1939-1945, due to the dishonourable discharge. Jenny joins us from Queensland to tell us about her story, which ultimately overturned the dishonourable discharge and the awarding of the ASM. And joining us from the Gold Coast is Jenny Morell, and here to tell us a story about uh, her father, Jack Byrne. Jenny, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Now, can you tell us first about your dad's military history? I understand that he joined when he was only 18 years of age. He supposedly joined on his 18th birthday, and I do see that on his attestation form. But then on a lot of the other correspondence that I've received, they say the 21st of September. So... Um, but I did get an email from someone from the Defence Department that said he joined on his 18th birthday. And he actually, he, he was born in Goulburn, but he enlisted in the Maryland's Drill Hall, um, Maryland's New South Wales. What year did he enlist, Jenny? Um, must be 42, I think, because... Uh, he was born in 1924, so, um, 14th of September 1924, so would that make it 42? So he joined in New South Wales. He was, we think, around 18 years of yeah. age, etc. Um, what happened? Do yeah. you know, in terms of his military history, do you know where he did recruit training or what unit he joined? He, he was in the 41st Battalion. And this is a part that I don't understand because when he enlisted, he was given a number of, um, I've got it written down here, um, N436356, 41st Battalion. Now, they explained to me on, on the, um, the call that they made for the phone conference that he was transferred to the 2nd 13th Battalion on the 11th of August 1943, and then they gave him the, the, the number NX173679. I have Googled it, and it's something to do with um, when you first joined when he was in that 34th, 41st Battalion, um, you weren't able to go overseas. So when they transferred him to the AIF in the other one, that enabled them to send him overseas. Now, what I'd like to know, and I don't know, is if he voluntarily um, transferred or the army did it. Yeah. So it sounds like possibly he joined the militia first, the old citizens' military forces, or what we know today as the army reserve, and then transferred to a uh, to the second thirteenth AIF battalion, which then could serve overseas. So. You know, we think he joined in 1942. Do you know anything about his service? He Only that he he left and he landed at um, Port Moresby 
And from what I gather, um, he he was going AWL over there or AWOL, whatever you like to call it. Um, but it says on his court-martial that he was in active service after Sattelberg. Now, someone who'd been in touch with me sent me some information to say that may have been Scarlet Beach, but I'm not sure, and that's something that I'd like to find out because um, he told my brothers that he he was in action on a beach or near a beach, and and they were pinned down by some Japanese that were actually in the trees. And the Americans came in to the beach and landed on the beach and actually threw bombs at the Japanese and disposed of them and actually saved the day. So how we got to this beach, I've been trying to, um, to research it, but apparently there was a, a lot of travel like to get to where they were going treks and things and they had heavy backpacks apparently because on his um on a a lot of the information that I had about his medical condition he had uh dengue fever and malaria and he had casting burns of the ankles and that quite um confused me And, and I actually sent an email away to say what are casting burns of the ankles. I had visions of them um, shackling him around the ankles and so he couldn't escape because he'd been um, absconding so much and maybe his ankles were burnt. But they didn't tell me. They, they more or less, they don't tell you a lot. They leave it for you to find out. If you ask the questions, they may answer it, but not those sort of questions. So anyway, I Googled that and apparently that was from trekking through the jungle, carrying backpacks heavier than than what their own weight was. And because the terrain was so rocky and uneven, it caused a lot of pressure on their ankles and fractured their ankles. So apparently Dad had two fractured ankles. And what they did, some some people just overnight rest would cure it, but if it didn't, they would plaster them from just beyond the toes to two-thirds of the legs. Well, Dad must have had the plaster on a bit too long or so because he had burns from it. And apparently he was compensated for it. But how and what he was compensated, I don't know. So I'd say going by that, um, wherever he was, he was doing a bit of trekking in the jungle somewhere. So in, in terms of his army service, he ended up with having then a dishonourable discharge from the army. And mm-hmm. and can you tell us first a little bit about his post-war life and then we'll focus on what you did in, in 2018. Yes, he, he was um, brought up in Goulburn in the Depression. His father was a baker and they didn't have a lot of money. So Dad was sent out as a young boy um, catching rabbits and, and selling rabbits or, or just rabbits for food, um, sort of. And then they, they um, come to Granville around about when he was 16 or 17 because I had a, a letter of reference that a chemist had written for Dad um, 
when he was trying to get work at the abattoirs at Homebush, um, attesting to his character. So, and he would have been about 16 or 17 at the time. So by then they'd moved to Cullen Street in Granville. And then, so that's why he enlisted at Maryland's when he was 18. But his, his father, within two, two wars, he was in World War One as a gunner and in the Second World War as a cook for a short period of time. And his older brother was actually a sergeant in the army. So I... My way of thinking, you know, Dad thought, well, that's the way to go. So as soon as he turned 18, he enlisted, Mm. not realising that he probably wasn't suited to that sort of thing. And plus, I think he met my mother. I think he was in the army when he met my mother and he was on leave. But he he met my mother and they fell in love. And and, um, I suppose he was worried about she became pregnant um, with my older sister, and I suppose he was worried about, you know, what would happen to them if, if something happened to him. Yeah. But he never talked much about the war, especially to my sister or, or, or myself, but to my brothers, he, he said a few things, but only if he was questioned. Do you know when he was, he was discharged from the army? I was just looking at his court-martial record and, and um, he was found guilty on... He had three charges. Um, this is the one that was in 19, oh, was it, so 1945, mm. 2nd May 1945 in Paddington. And um, he pleaded guilty on all three charges. And they asked if he wanted an adjournment and he said no. And... He didn't call any witnesses. He had a defence guy talk, talking for him, and he more or less testified that that he he was medically unfit. He would be medically boarded after his trial, and um, that never happened. And Dad, when they asked Dad to um, to talk, they said he said that he just couldn't soldier, and so. He went AWL and they said, did you intend to return? He said, no. Mm. But they, they on, on most of the correspondence, every time I wrote a letter and I'm, I'm looking, I kept a journal of it and I've got at least 25 um, correspondence, emails, letters, whatever, and there's probably more than that. There's probably some that I've missed. But every time I applied, they replied with the same thing that, he was incorrigible and that he had a dishonourable discharge, so he wasn't entitled to the ASN. And then they gave a whole, um, they, they attached the whole thing, the same thing over and over and over again, you yeah. know. And they actually said on one stage that he was constitutionally and temperamentally inadequate. And I, and I sent back a letter to say, what does that exactly mean? Are they implying that he's physically and mentally inactive? Because in all the other cases, um, they described him as physically fit and in good condition. Mm. So, in March 2018, you applied to the Defence Force for your father's World War II medals. Had you had medals before, the, before that, or was this the first time you applied for them? 
that was the first time I applied for them. Talk. I I never knew, as I, I said, I never knew that Dad never had his medals and it made it all, all the much worse in the fact that my grandfather, uh, my mother's father, he was the war hero and he had the, the MM and he came down every year from t- tomorrow for Anzac Day for us and they either... We either went to the dorm service and we'd come back and all sit around or he'd go off to the march and then come back in the afternoon. And my father never went to the march. He'd go to the dorm service sometimes, but he never ever said much. And it was all about my grandfather and he'd talk about the war and show us his medals and, you know, we sort of put him up on a pedestal. And I never ever thought about Dad and why he didn't have his medals and... I was talking to my young brother the other day and, and I was saying, how, much, how how did Dad feel in those days? And he said, well, really, Jen, he said, you've just made me think about it because I've never thought about it up until now. And but Dad never, ever, my grandfather didn't really like my father, but Dad never, ever said a bad word against my grandfather or spoke ill of him or, Dad being in the war, that never come up. So a couple of years ago, I I started to think about it. So I thought, oh, I wonder if Dad got his medals. And I was going through um, a box that I've got, um, just things that I left from my mother and father. And I found a letter that my mother had written um, to see if she could get his medals going back when she was still alive. And she died in 2002. She'd written a letter asking for his medals and saying that he'd never received them, but she had never posted the letter. Mm. So I thought, oh, she'd never posted the letter. I wonder if I can get them. So on the 12th of March 2018, I sent off an application for Dad's medals. And they they come really quick. I I was surprised, but apparently what had happened, they, they'd applied to change the law um, in 2014, it took them two years to do it. In 2016, they did change the law to say that if you had a dishonourable discharge, you could receive the first two medals, but not the last medal. I received the two medals. Dad was entitled to two of the three medals, and he didn't receive the I mean, third medal, the ASM 39 of 45, because he had the, the dishonourable discharge. That's correct, yes. And I wanted to know why. So a guy from the Defence Department rang me and explained to me that he didn't get that because he had a dishonourable discharge and um, and that was it. And I said to him, well, you know, can I appeal? And he said, yes, you can appeal. You've got the right to appeal, but you won't get anywhere because nobody ever has. And I said, oh, okay. So... Um, I did. I, I sent off a letter on the 24th of May to the Honours and Awards Department and they sent back a letter on the, on the 9th of June to say that they still, he still couldn't get it because of the same thing, the dishonourable discharge. So I think I got a bit discouraged then and I didn't do anything until nearly a year later on the 8th of April 2019 and Anzac Day was coming up again, and I thought, well, blow this. I'm going to at least try. So I sent off an application for a, a review of the decision for the ASM with uh, a cover letter stating that 
I took it. I took offence at the tag "dishonourable discharge," saying that my father was anything but dishonourable, and challenged them to find anything in my father's life before the army or after his discharge to find anything that would prove him as such. And that started all the letters and the emails coming, you know. And I received a letter back on the 17th of April saying that from the Defence Honours and Awards Tribunal stating that they were assessing my application. And then I received another letter saying that it had merit, that I was sending it to the Defence Department requesting a report of the reviewable decision and that I had 30 days in to reply and put my case forward, which I did, you know. So, but then on the 5th of June 2019, I received a letter from the Defence Honours saying that they wouldn't recommend him for the ASN. So it sort of went on. They, they I'd send the letter off and I'd supply the information and they'd deny it. So then I'd send another one off and then they'd have to make a case and send it again to the defence. And it was more or less the tribunal helping me with the defence department. Mm. So every time I sent a letter off, the defence department would, would for, the tribunal would forward it to the defence department stating, you know, my, my facts. They'd review it, they'd deny it again and so on until we started to get somewhere. Then on the 5th of July, um, they wanted witness statements and statutory declarations and passports, correspondence and all this thing. And I explained that Dad had died over 20 years ago. Mm. He would have still been in his, in his 90s if he was alive. All his friends were gone. He wasn't a letter writer and he was born in an age before computers were popular. So I didn't have any evidence. I didn't have any witness statements, emails, letters. And he'd never been out of Australia except in the war, so he didn't have a passport. So it just consisted mainly of my memories of Dad's nervous conditions while growing up and how it affected our family. His nightmares and his death certificate, which confirmed he died of smoking-related diseases caused from the cigarettes that were supplied to him from the army. So... I mean, he 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 had a quadru- he had a bypass at sixty, and emphysema later on in life. You know. So when did you receive the news that the defence department had accepted the overturning of Dad's dishonourable discharge and giving him a medically unfit discharge, and then making him eligible for that third medal, the Australian Service Medal from nineteen thirty nine to forty five. Not till the sixth of August this year. In twenty twenty. So after all yeah. your effort, um, in August this mm. year and and apparently this is the first time that the Defence Department Tribunal has overturned the dishonourable discharge for a person who is no longer living and subsequently your dad's dishonourable discharge was changed to medically unfit uh, discharge and yes. subsequently wow. he received that third medal. Yes, but it's not as cut and dry as it seems because I, I got the email from, it was actually from Lieutenant Colonel Jasmine Short. She's a delegate to the Chief of the Defence Force. Um, and she said, please, please find a letter approving your application, change of reason for end of service for your late 
father, Mr. Jack Byrne, but apparently they can't just change it on the files if someone has been gone over 15 years. So what they've done, they've set aside, it's going to sit side by side with his records, it's going to be added to his defence records, but it's not going to be actually overturned, it's going to sit side by side to say that it has been changed to a medical discharge. Mm. So um, I've been checking on the National Archives um, sort of each day to see if there's anything on there and and I haven't been able to find anything on there. So I sent um, Jason Short um, another letter to say, well, you know, when is it going to be on there? Because I've been looking on the National Archives and there's nothing on there as of yet. So apparently she sent me another letter and she said, thank you for your email. Sorry for any misunderstanding. Your father's determination letter has already been included on his electronic record held by the Korean Management Agency we have sent a request to the National Archives in Melbourne to include a copy of the determination letter on your father's hard copy of records held by them. However, we've been advised that there will be some delays in the staff. They're accessing hard copy records due to the current COVID-19 health emergency and the declaration of a state of disaster in Victoria. Once we advise that the letter has been included on your father's hard copy of records, I will let you know. Thank you for your patience and understanding. It is already it is already on the electronic record held by the Career Management Agency, which I don't know how to access. So all I'm interested in seeing that is on the National Archives on the servicemen's World War Two records, which everyone looks up. So Dad obviously served in New Guinea. He had. Um, many medical issues with dengue, fever, malaria, the ankles, etc. Went absent without leave. Uh, obviously suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, yes. PTSD, etc. Which you know it would be um, classified today. But after all your effort, going back over a period of nearly yes. two years, you finally got the third medal, which he was entitled to, the ASM 39 to 45. Yes. And obviously that medically unfit discharge was added to, to Dad's record as well. That's right. Now, I haven't received the third medal as yet because of the COVID thing. Apparently, where it is sent to be engraved in Melbourne was closed for a couple of weeks. So um, the lady from the Honours and Awards rang me straight away to say the medal's on its way, but it could take 10 to 12 weeks because of, of the COVID. And I said, well, that's okay as long as I know it's on its way. But to me, the main thing was getting the dishonourable discharge changed. And really, that that wouldn't have been able only that I had, when I had the phone conference, they asked me, would I sign to a declaration to sign um, to obtain Dad's medical records from the DBA, where apparently all the World War II records are held now by the Department of Veterans. So I did that, sent off all the necessary documentation and received that. And that went a long way in um, the outcome because uh, he had a psychiatrist report 
supposedly attached to his medical records when he had his court-martial and that way back then. Um, and I never, ever saw it. And I kept on saying to him, well, where is the psychiatrist's report? I would like to see it. But apparently it had been lost. So, but the final medical record actually stated that he was declared medically unfit and he was supposed to be medically boarded after his after his trial, which he never was. Hopefully the third medal will arrive soon. Um, who's going to wear the medals for Anzac Day 2021? Me. <laughs> so I've, I've, got, I've got three brothers, um, but my brothers say, well, good on you, Jen, because um, we would have never persevered and you deserve it, so we'll get the copies. Mm. Isn't that a great story? Jenny, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us about your father, Jack Byrne, Army number NX173679, who unfortunately he's passed away, but after so many years, he got his third uh, World War II medal, the ASM, which will be uh, obviously treasured by the family. So thank you again. That's the podcast for today. We're keen to hear your feedback. Leave a comment on our Facebook page. One of the ways to promote this podcast is through your feedback. If you're listening to us via iTunes or other podcasting apps, please leave a review. You can also support us via Patreon. Your gracious support helps us with costs such as hosting and production of the podcast. Even as little as $1 can help. The link is www.patreon.com forward slash thanks for your service. Thanks for listening.